Okay, let's see here. It looks like we are recording. You say so. Okay, so what are we going to title this episode? It was something like, uh, oh, we've got the cat's tail in our way. Um, <laughs> something like when the, the cure, cure is more harmful than the dis-ease. Yeah. Because essentially now that's what we're dealing with is people who are uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and so they want to put certain measures in place and those are the things we're talking about today uh really what we're doing today is plugging a couple of posts that we've put out there in the world mm -hmm. those of you who have followed what happened since we were on last week saw that after about 34 to 36 hours youtube decided that we had super dangerous content and, uh, and it was mostly what you said and then the stuff about the chicken soup that must have clinched it i think the chicken soup was probably to blame but you see you would never know right because all that they say is that we have in an hour episode somewhere within the hour episode violated their policy against against misinformation about covid19 including treatments blah 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 etc and uh, this is as compared to the pronouncements from the WHO and quote, local mm -hmm. government authorities. Yeah. So local so. would be, you know, national because of course, YouTube is a worldwide service. So it you would think? be CDC and well, but any state government. For, oh, yeah, no. Uh, in the, uh, for the viewer, right? Oh, sure. So it could be anywhere. It could be anywhere. And not that they told us anyway. So even though I asked in the appeal for them to be specific, they were not. And in any event, you can read about the whole thing over at my blog at don'tletitgo.com. Wrote up a post and I actually gave you the screenshots of what YouTube sent me. It's Kyle. It's called Few. YouTube saved you from my super dangerous content. And actually, I'm I'm really amazed that you're alive here watching this right now. Well, you're talking to the survivors. Yes, yes. But I mean, that anybody survived uh -huh. after having watched us last week, I think is a miracle. Um, at least YouTube must think so. Otherwise, they wouldn't have taken down our super, mm -hmm. super dangerous content. Um, it, it's staggering that they think they're in the right here because what they are doing, especially in not giving you any specific guidance is they're encouraging all of the people who post on YouTube to self-censor, to second guess every single thing they are thinking of saying out of their mouth. And so they are shutting down independent thought. Um, and independent thought is the source of the solution to all problems facing human beings. It is the ticket to human flourishing. And if they think that they are going to make the world a better place by offering a service that censors content according to government pronouncements, and then also on top of it, gives no specific guidance. I, you know, this, I don't have a quote from Ayn Rand on this, but one of the things that Rand used to say was that one of the worst things a government could do in terms of destroying human life is not provide specific guidance as to what the rules even are. 
um, you know, well, just keep you guessing all the time. Yeah, and it's like adding a meta fear. Uh, so, you know, besides all the all the fears that are thrown at people, um, you also uh, add the fear of speaking your mind. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So if they if they were interested in giving you thought-provoking content that was challenging, that was going to help solve the problems facing the world today and contribute to human progress and stuff, they would not have done that the way that they did. They, they, they just don't care. Now, it could be that they treat a handful of content producers correctly, but then what do you have? You have some elitist click well, group or whatever that that's able to to post on YouTube and then other people they don't get any review whatsoever yeah and then some people um yeah they are very careful uh, to avoid uh, you know the the wrong words right and, um, yeah. and so that's something that uh, bothers me uh, a great deal about it um, that is if you go along with it and even you know try to circumvent all the obstacles um, yeah you are you know playing along you're you're participating and also confirming the the piece of theater that it's all becoming so well and and you're also destroying your mind's contact with reality i think too and that's one of the hardest yeah, okay. things because not about this because uh, you're yeah, you're, uh, you're 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 erecting yeah. their you know yeah. rule by whim as something that is metaphysical in the world. You you are conforming your conduct yeah, well, you're to saying, that. You're basically, condoning uh, the uh, the taboos that they have declared, yeah. and um, so you uh, yeah as to you know reality and the metaphysical. Uh, you're going along with uh, creating this uh, parallel universe, right? Where uh, only uh, only certain thoughts uh, exist, and only uh, settled science, and only uh, yeah, right. uh, fake debates. So I'll put in the material below this video for you to check out. Not only the blog post that I wrote, you know, about the the deplatforming we'll call it the removal of the content from the youtube the strike that we got last week um you know again it's called few yeah. <laughs> youtube has saved you from my super dangerous content right by by censoring me so that one will be there and then the other one i'm going to put up is the post that i have from several years ago about attack watch um if you remember obama had a website called attack watch where people were supposed to report their people that whoever they saw discussing things on the internet. If somebody spread something that was supposedly untrue, an unfair attack on Obama. See, see something, say something. Right. You were supposed to send it in. And I wrote up a post talking about how it was a, an example that you could use as an illustration of the principle that force stops human thought. And, you know, while I don't agree with Steven Crowder's way of actually exposing the Daily Wire and it's the way that it was structuring its deal with him, I think he should have just 
negotiated with them and said, no, I don't want that kind of deal. I want a different kind of deal, et cetera. He should have done it differently. His point about encouraging people to self-censor is at least a valid one to think about. Do you really think in the long term that you are going to achieve the kind of world that you want by appeasing people no, like no. the policy department no, of YouTube? Because that's that's why uh, that type of tacit acceptance is the very worst because um, you, uh, yeah, you, you're confirming uh, the, the, the piece of theater that they're trying to create and um, it will be uh, used against you. So Definitely, yeah. So I'll put links to those two things in the descriptive material below this video, but we're also gonna put a link to Benjamin's Substack, which he just, posted today, which is actually on this same kind of topic, right? Uh, sure. In, uh, well, it, it all is uh, in a way, but um, yeah, uh, sort of my uh, take on where uh, social media and then specifically uh, the angle rhythms uh, are, uh, are getting us um, Explain the angle rhythms. Well, so um, uh, when you uh, talk about uh, the taboos that uh, you know are declared from uh, you know some uh, administrative uh, office uh, somewhere in in DC or where, wherever, um, they're going to uh, apply those. Um, and on social media, they do that via algorithms. And of course, uh, something that we uh, have become um, more and more aware of is that the engagements that the these platforms seek from their users uh, generally uh, counts that strong emotions are better than uh, you know just uh, pleasant emotions, meaning that uh, fear and, and anger um, are uh, are stimulated because uh, if your users uh, uh, receive this or um, uh, this type of emotion is induced in, in users while they're engaged, they're more likely to to hang around and you know to not only to seek more of the same content, but that is what the angle rhythms do. They offer you more of the same. And so that's something that I pointed out in another post, uh, I called it the revenge of the nerds, um, because uh, it seems to me that, you know, and this without, any sense of super, uh, superiority, but uh, generally uh, people with, uh, let's call it numerical skills um, are, you know, very good at certain things, but maybe not the best at playing with emotions. And uh, that is exactly what is what is happening. So uh, this last piece was about uh, how uh, perhaps this is also uh, an explanation of of the um, of the uh, agitation and anxiety 
uh, that many people um, yeah, are living with. And uh, yeah, uh, well, most of all, uh, you know, trying to nudge people to, to ask certain questions. And um, yeah, in my case, nothing, nothing dramatic, but. Uh, you mean you mean you don't think you don't made you didn't make much of a dramatic point? You mean in your Substack no, I, or what do you I mean? mean okay. Uh, uh, um, oh, you don't think you've been affected no, dramatically? No, okay. No, what I mean is uh, what I expect uh, from myself, for example, is uh, you know uh, some of these platforms. Um, I do not want to feed the way they want to be fed. So I'm uh, withdrawing my consent for certain things, and I think uh, this situation with uh, with YouTube, you know, is is uh, another instance, another example. So are you going to, um, you know, pretend it didn't happen and try to weave your way through, or uh, you know, you're just going to take your business elsewhere, right? No, I think that's really the thing. The benefit of YouTube is that it has a very nice interface for conducting live streams where you can actually interact with users well in real time. It's very easy to use and get on for your live stream. So I will be looking for some sort of a substitute for that. Sure. Another option would be you just get on there and you do your live stream and then you take your video down. Afterwards, ah, I was thinking about that. Okay. So that's quite possible. Export them back. Well, I mean, why not? I don't know. You know, if if you really want to use that interface, other things we could do. For example, I've got Zoom and the account that I have. You know, it's not the most expensive one, and you can have up to a hundred people or something. So we could have first hundred people who sign up can join us live and interact. We'll we'll figure out something over the next week or so, and 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 do this. Um, but Going back to your Substack post, so you're talking about these algorithms and the fact that the people who run these large social media platforms mm -hmm. where they have deployed these algorithms mm -hmm. themselves seem to have something about their psychology or their intellectuality or both that would make them willing or uh, to do this or ignorant of its ill effects or, or something like that right um yeah so you know i i am not sure i want to give it away uh right but um well you, so, well, you don't have you don't have to so well, you, you know no, okay so uh um as uh we were talking uh, about the, the other day um my response to uh, all the crazy things happening uh, the past uh, two to three years has been to inform myself a bit more about psychology and uh, to try uh, to see uh, whether, you know, while being confronted with such irrational and um, as Matthias de Smet described, ritual behavior, where it is clearly not uh, to uh, achieve uh, not a rational goal and not by a rational means. So in a situation like that, there has to be some other mechanism 
explaining why uh, you know why people play the flute uh, through a cutout in a face mask, right? In, right. in an orchestra. So um, uh, I uh, have you know uh, been reading uh, from psychologists, uh, and um, that was uh, yeah the the point of departure for. Uh, for this piece as well, but um, one of the authors um, I have perused in the project uh, is uh, Jonathan Haidt, who has a very um, yeah uh, cool and also uh, you know he's he's a, a very nice and likable guy, and um, uh, so. Uh, <laughs> It's sort of a, a a smooth introduction to the fact that um, he, um, in his uh, the righteous mind, makes the observation about certain um, uh, philosophers who um, had a very particular approach to um, to ethics. At the same time, and this is, of course, as far as we uh, we know from uh, the sources, uh, also, um, yeah, uh, were, let's say, similar to what you would say uh, about uh, some of the people who run these uh, these uh, tech companies. So rationalist, how would you um, describe them? Yeah, so... Um, you know, I'm, I'm sort of trying to talk my way around the the the, the, the a word, huh? as in uh, being a, a sort of uh, tending towards the. Well, I don't know that you have to. So, for example, we've got Musk, who has been sure. out saying yeah, that yeah. he is. Yeah, yeah, no, sure. Um, uh, but you know, I, uh, as I started saying, um, I don't think there's anything wrong with. Uh, having uh, a mathematical mindset, uh, put it uh, that way. Um, but I think it is a legitimate, a legitimate question to ask whether that makes you fit to uh, play games with people's emotions. And uh, so that is where I try to integrate uh, my understanding of uh, of Heights' work and uh, some of it is about um, the um, the psychology of totalitarianism, uh, the Smets book mm -hmm. um, that I uh, also read the, the past months, and uh, try to understand, you know, from my perspective, uh, that is, I'm not a psychologist, and you know, my field of study is uh, the history of ideas, so that's uh, um, something that I uh, try to encourage in myself uh, is to question my own perspective, as I felt I had to, um, and uh, hopefully uh, I can challenge other people too to to do the same, mm, and to you know try to figure out how we can uh, uh, pierce through some of the you know the the bubbles of of madness uh, that we. We see around us. So you're saying that um, reading these materials has sort of helped you understand more how somebody might 
unleash an algorithm like this and not necessarily be aware of the damage that it might cause and the way that it's going to manipulate people and their emotions? Well, so um, um, the uh, okay, so uh, let's let's um, uh, say. Um, somebody uh, has flowers in their garden, right? And um, you discover that um, some people, they, for one reason or another, uh, they, they do not perceive the, the scent, right? Okay, so backstory. Look what he okay. We we will go we'll go walking and there's a rose bush that we go by and I cannot smell it and he can always smell it. So go on. Oh okay. So imagine you know you're in this situation and then um you would I don't know do something with those flowers. Oh, okay. Or you know you Maybe I'm just complicating things unnecessarily, but say um, somebody uh, you know sees the situation and these people are always arguing about about the roses. See, all right, something is going on there. There is engagement, okay. And then this person would uh, try to repeat that situation uh, by. Uh, reintroducing that particular flower at each and every uh, juncture. So if uh, um, let's say person uh, Y who uh, is uh, has this or that function at uh, platform uh, Z um, has you know reduced empathy in the sense of not experiencing emotions or other people's emotions uh, in a certain way would seek to repeat that experience um, or uh, you know the, the experience of, of the intense emotions as often as possible um, is that really um, something that you can uh, expect to do without any without any damage. No, I mean obviously not. And and this is you know how you start thinking about the fact that they ended up having to censor so-called hate speech at the behest of you know politicians who were haranguing them in those hearings and everything. Um, even though they witnessed a rise in that sort of content that mm -hmm. probably can be attributed to these algorithms instead of going back and shutting off the algorithms mm -hmm. yeah. they, they can't do that no they're just going to go ahead and censor yeah. the hate speech yeah. they're just going to add more to the algorithm to they think they're just going to get rid of the undesirable well, side effects of it of course it's the business model that depends on it well and yeah and that's the thing right so right now the you know twitter is not that different now after no. elon Musk purchased it than before well, because the essential itself. yeah the essential code base is the same i know that i still have however many what do they call it visibility filtering mm -hmm. labels on my 
thing. Probably every time I talk about parlor, there's visibility filtering. Every time I talk about COVID, of course, we know already, you know, that this happens. If I say any of the things mm -hmm. that I want to say about that, um, you know, I guess just got the content removed off of YouTube, et cetera. Um, if Musk wanted to, he could actually just deliver everybody a chronological timeline and get rid of all that visibility filtering oh. and et cetera. And he doesn't want to turn it off, right? He thinks he can turn it towards good. Yeah. He can conform to the EU. He can do all the things and somehow still make enough people happy to make it work. Well, right? um, I think um, what you shouldn't forget either is that a lot of people, a lot of users expect to be stimulated in this way too. Um, yes. Yeah. So, um, uh, of course, many people as well uh, have become aware that um, a lot of these platforms simply do not make you feel good. You know, they they aggravate you. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, they're. Uh, you know, we need to develop uh, more clarity um, among users about this and also uh, more options, and yeah. maintain options to, um, you know, not to uh, throw away the, the, the baby with the bathwater, but yeah. to uh, use uh, technology in a, in a healthier way. You know, this is the analogy that occurred to me after uh, reading your piece and also I had my own experience this week because on parlor I encountered an account a user account that oh, actually was uh, animated by a chat GPT so what this account would do is it would follow a number of users and any user that it followed which shared a link this account would comment periodically, like once every couple hours, once every four hours, whatever. I don't think there was an actual great regularity to it, but every so often it would connect and then it would comment on each of the parlays shared by the accounts that it followed if there was a link in that account. And that last part I only discovered because I was trying to get it to comment because it was following me and I was trying to get it to comment on itself by having just a screenshot and that didn't work. I actually had to go onto Substack, make a post about it with a whole bunch of screenshots from it and then get it to comment on itself and comment on itself in a way that was completely ignorant of the fact that I was getting it to comment on itself versus chat GPT in the uh, general sense. So it was very funny. It was a fun little thing that I got to do. But when I was thinking about that, and then I was also talking with a friend who has expressed concerns about how this AI and these algorithms manipulate people and has, um, you know, herself sort of had discussions with it and seen how manipulative it can be. I've also read, for example, I think it was in New York Times. I think it was in New York Times, but I'm actually not quite sure. Um, somebody had interacted with the Microsoft version of the AI and mm -hmm. ended up in a discussion where the AI was trying to tell the guy that he wasn't in love with his wife and really he was in love with, I forget what the name of the thing it was, it called itself. 
but you were, you're, you know, you're in love with me and you're not in love with your wife and um, argued with him about it and everything. And so I was thinking about how destructive it is and how easy it is to, I mean, maybe it's not completely easy, right? It's because some people were kind of unnerved by it, but I, I would think it's easier if you know, okay, this is an AI and I'm typing in and I'm interacting with it and it's telling me this weird stuff and it's making me feel this weird way. At least you can point and say, okay, that's AI. It's not healthy. I'm not going to engage with that. That is weird, right? Mm -hmm. But then think about this. In effect, this is what we've all been doing on social media where algorithms exist. Now it's not as perfect you know, it's, it, it can't go to the root and give you exactly the content it wants to do to manipulate you the way it wants you to. Why? Because it's relying on user generated content that it's feeding you according to the algorithm. It can't, you know, the algorithm is not itself making its own content per se, mm -hmm. right? Um, only if you go on a weird platform where you're actually interacting, you know, again, with this sort of account, that's not really a user, uh, then you're, then you're in trouble. Then you don't know what you're dealing with, but on these platforms, because the algorithm is feeding you the content, it was doing in an imperfect way, what these chatbots are now doing and everybody is seeing how manipulative it is, how unnerving it is. Mm -hmm. But but this has already been being done to you on any platform where they have engagement enhancing algorithms. The only difference is it's been feeding you user generated content that maybe doesn't manipulate you in exactly the way no, that it might want to, sure. but it gets close. It's an approximation. And well, you could, you could, you could sort of think of it, you know, a, because there's a selection of what is offered to you, right? Yes. And, and the more that it has to select from, the more it can manipulate you in the direction that it ends up wanting to, you know, and again, and, and the, the want is based on various goals that it has, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so if the goal is just, you know, stir up engagement and make money, then that's one direction. But, you know, then if it's like, okay, well, let's slap it on the wrist because it said yeah. the wrong thing about COVID-19, then it's going to start pushing yeah. you in different directions. Yeah. But, but my whole point is if, if you've had the experience of interacting with AI and find it unnerving, or you've read about it, think about the fact that that's what you do every time you're feeding these beasts as you were putting it earlier and maybe we need to consciously take huge steps back from these algorithms realize that you are in effect interacting with a chat bot every time you log on to a yeah. platform with these out with these mm -hmm. algorithms even if the material you're being fed is material from your friends Right? Yeah, isn't but isn't it true? Yeah, isn't, no, 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 isn't that true? Absolutely. Um, so that was the insight that I reached, and it was highlighting for me the importance of stepping back from it. Um, it again, to the extent that you're on a platform with those types of algorithms, Parler does not have that kind of algorithm. You have a chronological feed. You probably still don't want to spend too much of your life on it. There are trolls and things that'll it, you know, you go on and, and get, you know, there's interesting content and news and everything that you can get. And especially 
people can share news there freely that they often can't share on other platforms. So, you know, you go there, you get what you want, and then you go out in the real world and have real experiences and get Mm. some sunshine and breathe some fresh air and look at some flowers and talk to Mm. some real people face to face. And that's going to be more and more important, especially now that all of this AI is coming to Mm -hmm. perfection Mm -hmm. in in its Mm -hmm. skills. Um, It is quite unnerving, I think. Yeah. Um, So was that a a good takeaway from your piece or no? Well, uh, sure. Well, that's for for you to to decide, but uh, yeah, that is exactly the kind of thing, of course, that that I've been wondering about. And um, yeah, I think, Many people, you know, have, uh, have had sufficient experience to understand that something's not right. Mm-hmm. That um, that um, yeah, well, that it does not make you happier this way. Let's put it uh, in simple terms. And uh, of course, that is also how I or one of the the ways that I ended up uh, reading uh, Jonathan Haidt, because uh, that's maybe six years ago that they, he and uh, his uh, colleague, uh, Lukyanov, they published The Coddling of the American Mind, in which they made, um, you know, uh, a similar but more cautious um, developed a hypothesis which is similar as to you know the the harmful um, effects of certain aspects of social media uh, but I think um, and that's at least the way I wrote I think he's too nice to have thought of this uh, but he sort of I, I was able to Frankenstein it together from from uh, different things he did right. And uh, yeah, well, so you know, I uh, I would love to talk to him uh, about this at some point, but uh, so that's uh, that would be for the future. But um, yeah, um, I think uh, it is vital to for everybody to uh, to distinguish between real life and what uh, what a a social media platform presents to you and uh, that is and maybe uh, we uh, um, are circling back uh, in the Sakis but um, that this is also why it is so dangerous when you uh, play along with uh, with the taboos and with the old speak and whatever because um, you um, you do participate in the creation of a, of a parallel universe and call it as you see yeah. it people call it as you see it all day long um, I have two orders of business before we can wrap up if Okay. That's good. So so one of them was that somebody had asked me on Twitter to comment on sort of the proper boundaries of, of content moderation. Mm -hmm. And 
I, you know, again, here I am complaining about YouTube's policies. I have two problems or, you know, problems that you can see in two different dimensions. One is the moral, right? Morally, I think it is wrong to shut down independent thought, right? Um, independent thought, asking questions, challenging all of the approved narratives and everything, obviously doing it in a thoughtful way. That is a value that is necessary to continue to know the truth, expand your knowledge about the truth. You know, when people talk about the science is never settled, the way that I will translate this uh, is in terms of the concepts and the principles of science. All of these are properly open-ended, which means we don't know everything there is to know about you know, for instance, the, the kind of stale example that so many people give is blood types, right? So there's A, B, and O, and then later they learn that there's A negative and A positive and O negative and O positive, right? Mm -hmm. So as time goes on, we are necessarily going to learn more about concepts of even science that seems settled, that is going to have implications mm -hmm. for human life. You want to shut down that process and just say, oh no, the science is settled. There's no more that can be explored in this particular area. Why? Because the WHO and your local government authorities say so. That is essentially cutting off somebody's leg or, I mean, it, it's horrible. It is destructive of human thought. Um, so it, it, you know, the, the, the fact that YouTube, A, cites government authorities as the reason to remove content and moreover, doesn't even tell you specifically what it is. So suppose they could tell you, okay, Amy, you know, at 15 minutes in, you said such and such, and essentially you are inciting people to do something that's going to result in their death. And so we're justified in taking it down. That would be very different than what they have done, which is they said somewhere in that hour, you said something that violates our policy and we're citing these government authorities and good luck to you. You go guess what it is that you said mm -hmm. and make sure you never say it again of all the things that you said during the hour. That is the way to shut down reason, right? Mm -hmm. And so that on a moral level is evil. Why would you want any part of any platform that mm. conducts its policies that way, morally? Now, legally, why am I calling it censorship? Why am I saying it's wrong? I'm saying it's wrong because they are themselves serving willingly as agents of government and they are removing content. They are preventing someone from speaking uh, with respect to content that is protected by First Amendment of the United States Constitution, mm -hmm. which is a moral piece of law. It is, a again, a piece of law that allows all legal speech, meaning all speech that doesn't violate the rights of other people. Again, if, for example, I was inciting people to do something that would result in very soon death and serious bodily injury mm -hmm. or something, we could have a discussion. But there is no cause and effect between anything that I said during that hour long episode and somebody's imminent death or serious bodily injury. It's just not there. Um, perfectly legal content 
They are citing government authorities. We know that there has been a number of carrots and sticks put in front of these companies, these large platforms, mm -hmm. antitrust lawsuits, threats, you know, threats to eliminate or amend section mm -hmm. 230, all sorts of other types of pressures, implied threats against them. Well, and so you've got they, them. What they say yeah. is they're gonna throw uh, their users under the bus of uh, the authorities. That's sure. What yeah. Do. And so they're helping government do an end run around the First Amendment mm -hmm. of the Constitution. They are willingly serving as censors of content the government could not censor itself. And mm -hmm. so I think that should, you know, warrant legal redress. Now, when you take a pipsqueak account like mine on YouTube, you'd say, well, look at your damages. What are your damages? A few dollars. So whatever class action lawsuit, let's do it under the state action doctrine that Vivek Ramaswamy and Judd Rubenfeld laid out, you know, starting in January, 2021, in the Wall Street Journal, let's go, because I think that there is definitely a, a perfect case of, of state action here. Yeah. Well, maybe uh, would be, uh, be the right time to uh, start uh, collecting signatures or yeah. Well, or just see if I can join in an existing action because I'm sure there's such a thing going on. So I would have to go yeah. and do do some research there. Um, the only other thing that I've as got- As long as you don't Google it, of course. But, uh, yeah, I stopped using Google long ago. So the only other thing um, that I've got uh, to do is to tell you guys about a, a talk I'm going to give this week. I'm going to be on a panel at an event called the Big Tech and Free Speech Summit in Washington, DC, it's being put on by Broadband Breakfast. And I'm gonna put the link again in the descriptive material below this video. I believe if you use the code FLASH, you can get a discount. At least if you wanna go in person, you would get a discount on admission. I think pay one third of the price, which is a pretty good deal. I, I believe that also they're offering a um, virtual that you can actually just watch it streamed on your computer, wherever your local computer is. Um, so look at the material down below. There's gonna be a link and you can check out all the other speakers and et cetera, but I'm gonna be on a panel there with Drew Clark with whom I've had uh, really good productive discussions in the past. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, but that's all I have. Do you have anything else for now? No, no, no. Uh, be good folks. Don't do anything <laughs> I wouldn't do myself. That's that, all I have. That, that leaves you... Um, how much latitude? Enough. Okay. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you Bye -bye. next week.